This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Hello, my name is Trey Johnson, and welcome to Being Your Best with Trey Johnson. We're so glad that you joined us today. I want to encourage you to get your Bible, get your pen, your paper, your iPad, however you take notes, and let's get right into God's Word. You know, He's talking to us about continual restoration. Continual, think about it, not just one time, not just every once in a while. The word continual means frequently recurring, always happening, no interruptions. Think about if in your finances or your physical body or your relationships, there's continual restoration. Restore means to bring back to the original. But then when God gets involved, He always multiplies it, increases it, and makes it better. You know, we've, we've distinguished that, okay, the one who steals, kills, and destroys, that's the enemy. And when the enemy has been found, he has to restore seven times. That's Proverbs chapter 6, verse 31. He has to restore seven times. We've looked at Job 42, verse 10, and it says that God restored Job with twice as much as the enemy had taken. So whether it's seven or whether it's two or whether it's three or four or five or six, he said, I'm wanting to continually restore your life. See, the thing about faith and our relationship with God is it's supposed to pick up momentum. My life is not supposed to be the same as it was 20 plus years ago when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It's not even supposed to be the same as it was 10 years ago or five years ago or a year ago. The goodness of God, the character and nature of God is always moving forward. He's always expanding. He's always growing. So when he moves in on the inside of you and I, when we make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, his character and nature is still to expand and to move forward. Remember, the Apostle Paul says we go from faith to faith, glory to glory, line upon line, precept upon precept. See, God has always taken us from one place to another place. He doesn't want us just to stand still. A lot of times people say, well, that's just the way that I am. You know, God just accepts me the way that I am. God loves us right where we're at, but he loves us too much to let us stay where we're at. And when we go after God, there's going to be change. There's going to be correction. There's going to be direction. There's His desire as a good father is for you and I to come up and be everything we're called and created to be. And what he's saying to you and I is he's wanting us to walk in continual restoration, always happening, no interruptions, making our life better, improving it, multiply it. Look at Isaiah 42. Verses 9, it says, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Now, the thing about anything that God wants to do, He tells us about it before He does it. Think about the character and nature of God and, and what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to walk in continual restoration. And he says, okay, behold, the former things have come to pass. In other words, you can't change what you've gone through in the past. You can't change the hurt. You can't change the areas that have been robbed. You can't change the bondage you might have walked in. You, you can't go back and redo anything in the past. That argument, that deficiency, whatever it was. 
but this is what we can do. See, the thing about God is He doesn't want us to live in our past, but He wants us to go back to our past, take the seeds that we've learned from our past. See, there was a time that because I was in so much pain, I learned to worship in a way that I might not have. There's a time that I learned about giving. There's a time about forgiveness, about the presence of God. Take the seeds of your past, what you learned, plant it in the present to produce a different harvest in the future. I want to say that again. Take the seeds from your past. Plant it today. Be a worshiper today. Put God first today. Renew your mind today. Forgive today. Give today. And let it produce a different harvest in the future. And what Isaiah is saying, or God speaking through Isaiah, he says, okay, the former things, they're done. You can't change them. You can't go back. You can't do it. He says, so this is what I'm doing. I'm declaring a new thing. And he goes on to say, I now declare a new thing. Before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. Before it comes. You didn't see it, then you saw it. It wasn't there, then it was there. He says, this is what's happening. This is what I'm saying. I'm wanting to continually restore your life. That's the new thing that I'm saying. John chapter 16, verse 13. This is Jesus talking. And he says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Notice that whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. What is he speaking? Continual restoration is on the heart of God. Continual restoration is the plan of God for your life. Remember, frequently recurring, always happening, no interruptions. God getting involved in improving and multiplying and making your life better. Now, just because God wants you and I to walk in continual restoration, this is the question. Will we all walk in continual restoration? And of course, you know the answer is no. God wants every person to be saved, but is every person saved? No, not every person will believe in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and declare with their mouth, Jesus is my Lord. See, just because God wants it for us doesn't mean we'll walk in it until we step out and receive what Jesus died to give us. I think of the story in Luke chapter 5, and I want to go over there. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. And it says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I want you to picture this. These individuals, they came from all the surrounding towns and they're listening to Jesus. They're listening to what's on the heart. The Bible says when you, when you look at Jesus, you see the perfect imprint of God the Father. And so they're listening to Jesus, but they're listening to the Father. Remember, the Holy Spirit says, I'm not going to speak on my own authority. Whatever I hear, I'm going to speak. And in Isaiah, he said, there's a new thing coming. Now, in Isaiah, when he's talking about you can read that whole chapter at, you know, at your own time. But, but he says, I'm looking for somebody who will see what I'm seeing, who will hear what I'm saying, and who will have the guts to open their mouth and say what I'm saying. What is God saying? That He wants to continually restore our life. In verses 18, 19, 20, 21 of Isaiah 42, He talks about there's people that are in bondage. There are people that are in holes. There are people that have been robbed, that have been stolen from. And I'm looking for somebody 
who will open their mouth and say restore. He uses those words, say restore. So what God is saying is that he wants to continually restore our life, but we've got to say what he says. And in this passage in Luke chapter 5, the, the power of the Lord was present to take care of whatever they needed. So right in your home or the hotel room, or if you're listening to this on a podcast or YouTube, or however you're listening to this, or you're watching it on, on television somewhere, the power of the Lord is present to continually restore our life, to start right now and to improve and multiply and make it better. But notice what he says here in Luke chapter five, verse 18. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and led him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiving. Now notice this. Here, here they are. They know the power of the Lord is present. They try to get in to this house where Jesus is teaching, but they couldn't get in because of the crowd. But they didn't let the crowd stop them. They got on top of the house, they pulled off the roof, and they lowered the man down, and Jesus said, I see your faith. Now, I want us to think here, because of the crowd, maybe we haven't been walking in all that God wants us to walk in because of the crowd. Maybe because we're thinking the way the crowd thinks. We're talking like the crowd talks. We're believing the way the crowd believes. You know, the other day I was at the airport and, and I was on the telephone and not really paying attention because I was listening. And, and so I go down to the baggage claim area and I'm, I'm in the crowd, you know, and, and I'm on the phone and all the crowd moves from this carousel to the other carousel. So what do I do? I'm on the phone, so I just do what the crowd does and I go to the next carousel I'm still on the phone and and they move and so when they move I move why because I'm following the crowd and I I get off the phone and I realize this isn't even my group of people <laughs> but I was doing what I was doing because that's what the crowd was doing you know an addict never sets out to be a, an addict you, you, you probably start dipping snuff because that's what the crowd was doing you probably start smoking because that's what the crowd was doing you probably start drinking because that's what the crowd was doing you probably started cussing because that's what the crowd was doing you probably smoking dope or snorting coke or whatever it is because that's what the crowd was doing we are where we are most of the time because of the crowd we hang out with but because of the crowd these people were so determined they were going to receive what Jesus had to give them. They said, I'm not letting the crowd stop me, and I'm willing to get on top of the roof, and Jesus is going to see my faith. See, sometime in our relationship with God, we've got to make a decision. I'm willing to do what nobody else is willing to do to get the results that nobody else has. I'm willing to think on a different level, believe on a different level, talk on a different level, even climb on top of the roof at a different level, and Jesus is going to see my faith. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, The eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro over the whole earth, looking for somebody that he can show himself strong on their behalf. And you know what? I want his eyes to stop with me. I want his eyes to stop with my family. I want his eyes to stop at your house because you believe him. You're not just being religious. You're not just being churchy. You're going after him. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes, but you get back in the game and you keep believing. Continual restoration is mine. Every one of us have had things stolen from us. Every one of us have encountered things that still kill and destroy, which we know John 10, 10 tells us that is the thief's job. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And the power of the Lord is present to work in your life right where you're at and whatever you're going through. Are you willing to get out of the crowd? 
Are you willing to get on top of the roof? Are you willing to let down your friend in front of Jesus? Are you willing to do what maybe nobody else is willing to do? Remember, continual restoration is ours. So realizing that continual restoration, it is the will of God for my life. It's the will of God for, for your life. And then having the guts to open your mouth, just like Isaiah 42 tells us, and begin to say, restore. I want you to look to those body parts that maybe they're not functioning the way they should be functioning and begin to declare continual restoration is mine. Maybe speak to your kidneys. There's somebody watching right now that your kidneys haven't been operating the way that they should be operating. Begin to, to talk to them. Continual restoration is mine. There are individuals watching that you've had heart conditions and heart issues, and you need to open up your mouth and begin to speak to your heart. Continual restoration is mine. I want to encourage you to look at your finances, to look at your bank account. And God is saying, I want to continually restore whatever the enemy has stolen, but you've got to open your mouth and say what God says. Job 22 verse 28. I want to read this to you. It says, you shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. Think about what he's saying. See, when I was born, you know, my toes touched my heels on both feet, and they'd have to go in and break all the bones and stuff in my feet and to straighten them out. And so I have all these incisions. Incisions are where they come from the outside in to reconstruct things. So there's incisions on my feet. But a decision is from the inside out. And Job is saying, when you decide, you make a quality decision in here and you begin to decree this is God's will, continual restoration is mine. He says it will be established for you. But what would happen if you don't make the decision? What would happen if you don't open your mouth? What would happen, like Isaiah 42 uh, tells in verse 22, I can't find anybody to say restore. Well, even though it's God's will, restoration won't happen in our life. We've got to make a decision. This is God's will for me, and I'm going to open up my mouth, and I'm going to say restore. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 and 21, it says, A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth, and with the consequence of his words he must be satisfied, whether good or evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. What was he saying? You're going to have what you say. If I keep saying what I've always said, then I will keep walking in all, what I've already been walking in. But if I want to change the direction of my life, I've got to change the words that come out of my mouth. God is saying, I want you to say continual restoration is mine. You're going to be filled with what you say. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Say continual restoration is mine. In James chapter 3, verses 2 through 5, and I'll just kind of summarize it for time's sake. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read it. This is a very powerful scripture in the New King James Version. It says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in the horse's mouth that we may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, whether the pilot, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. What was he saying? He's saying, picture that just how we stick a bit in a horse's mouth and we turn the direction of the horse 
Or he says, just like a pilot desires to go this way in this big, massive ship. I want you to picture this with me. Big, massive ship. And even though this ship has the wind coming against it, has the waves coming against it, by the small rudder on the bottom of the ship, if he keeps turning that rudder, no matter how intense the waves are, no matter how intense the wind is, if he keeps turning the rudder, he's going to turn the ship. He says, this is the power of your tongue. If you'll keep saying what God says about your physical body, if you'll keep saying what God says about your relationships and your finances, if you'll keep saying continual restoration is mine, he says you're going to turn things around. God turns our life around with the words that come out of our mouth. See, God wants to show up in our life, but he needs your words. He needs your tongue. He says your tongue is just like a, let's, let's take it into today's society. Somebody's driving down the road and they just flick a cigarette or something out the window. That little bitty ember, whoo, the next thing you know, there are thousands of acres that are burned down because of a little bitty flame. He says that's the power of your tongue. It's a little bitty member in your mouth, but it can ignite things just like that. It can turn your life around. It can turn your body around. It can turn your resources around. And God is saying, I need something somebody who will say continual restoration is mine. I believe he's found me. I believe he's found you that we make a decision. I'm going to start getting in agreement with God and we're going to turn things around by the words that come out of our mouth. Continual restoration is mine. Acts chapter 3, listen to this. Very powerful scripture. And it says, so repent, change your mind and purpose Turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing, of recovery from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send to you the Christ, the Messiah, who before was dis disguised and appointed for even Jesus, whom heaven must receive and retain until the times for complete restoration of all that God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets for ages past from the ancient time in the memory of man. Now, now think about what he's saying. He's saying Jesus is being, this is a very powerful scripture. He says Jesus is being withheld until complete restoration takes place. So if I believe that Jesus' coming is near, then restoration has to be nearer. And so God is saying continual restoration is yours. Notice what he says. He says when we repent, when we change our mind, when we turn around and return to God that our sins are blotted out and erased. See, repentance is a gift. It's a gift for you and I to walk in relationship with God. It's a, it's a gift. Repent. Re, the prefix re in front of anywhere brings it back to the original. Pent comes from the same word as penthouse, that when we make a decision, I'm going to change my mind and my purpose. I'm not going to keep doing that any longer. I'm going to come to God. He says there's a cleansing power that takes place. Your sins are washed away. Your sins are cleansed. You're changing your mind. You're changing your heart. You're in the presence of God. He says this is what happens, that times of refreshing, refreshing, listen to this, means recovery of breath. Times of refreshing, it means revival times of refreshing it means restore that when we come into the presence of god once again we're not being religious we're not playing games with god we're really coming to him and we want to know him we want to know his word we want to know his spirit and he begins to speak to us continual restoration is my heart for your life and the Bible says there's a refreshing that begins to take place there's a recovery of breath it notice he says of recovering from the effects of heat 
maybe you felt the heat. Heat represents anything that where well, there's a lot of pressure. Maybe you felt heat in your marriage. Maybe you felt heat in your physical body. Maybe you felt heat financially. He says, when you come into the presence of God, there's a recovery that takes place. Listen to the definition of recover, to regain. Retaking or obtaining possession of what was taken or stolen. Now remember, this is done on the inside. He's saying when you come into the presence of God and you're open with your heart, you're open with your mind, you start to regain some things on the inside. You start to regain your composure, so to say. You start to regain that inner image that I made in the image and likeness of God and God wants to continually restore my life. You begin to regain the tenacity that I'm going to take back everything the devil stole from me. I'm going to go everywhere I'm created to go and do everything I'm created to do. You begin to regain. You begin to recover. You begin to take possession first and foremost of yourself again. Then you can begin to see what God's saying. Then he says, and there's a reviving that takes place in the presence of God. Listen to this. Revive means restore to life. It means to regain life or strength. It means a new energy. So when we come into the presence of God and we have a repentant heart, we change our mind, we change our, our heart. God, I, I thought I was doing right, but I see I missed it. God, I ask you to forgive me. God, I want to know you're saying continual restoration is mine and I'm coming into your presence. And he's saying, you're, that's right, keep coming. James 4, 8, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Keep, keep coming. He's saying there's a recovery that'll take place. There's a refreshing that'll take place. There's a reviving that'll take place. Continual restoration. You'll get the wisdom you need to take the next step. You'll get the next strategy you need to walk in continual restoration. He says, you're going to regain some things. You're going to recover. You're going to retake some things. And then he goes on and he says, I want you to understand that Jesus is being withheld until there's a complete restoration that takes place for his people. And what is God saying? Continual restoration is mine. See, this isn't a message that I just wrote down a bunch of topics on a piece of paper, tore them all up and stuck them in a bowl. And just picked one out and thought, oh, I think I'll teach on continual restoration. <laughs> you know, just like God said through the prophet Isaiah, he says, I'm looking for somebody who will see what I see. I'm looking for somebody who will hear what I'm saying. I'm looking for somebody who will open their mouth and say, restore. And I'm opening my mouth and I'm sharing with you what's on the heart of God. And he's saying continual restoration is what he wants you and I to walk in. I, I think of... 2 Kings chapter 7, and I'll just kind of summarize it for time's sake. Verses 1 through 20, you can look at it in your own time. You have these lepers, and, and this famine is in the land, and these lepers look at each other, and they say, well, if we just sit outside here, outside of town, we're going to die, so why not go towards the town? If we go towards the town, well, they might kill us, but we might get some food. And he says, well, what if we got up and we went towards the enemy's camp? Well, they're either going to die or they're going to kill us or we're going to possibly get some food. And so they got up and they started moving towards the enemy's camp. Now, now this is very powerful. They needed restoration physically. They needed restoration relationally. They're by themselves, four of them out here away from everywhere. They needed complete restoration every area of their life. But as they got up and they started going towards the enemy's camp, God made the enemy hear a bunch of chariots. He made the enemy hear a sound of thunder. He made the enemy hear. But see, not until they begin to move in the direction that God told them to move. 
they left. The enemy left. They left all their spoil, all the gold, all the silver, all the cattle, all the horses, all the chariots, and the lepers went in, and they took back what the enemy had stolen from them. Now, this is the point of the story. You could go a lot of different directions with it, but the point of the story is you've got to move in the direction of the area that the enemy has stolen from you. And as you move in faith, God, I'm going to take this step. I'm going to take back everything the enemy has stolen from me, that God's going to make things begin to happen for you. He's going to cause the enemy to hear the chariots or the thunder. He's going to, he's going to cause things begin to happen, but you got to have the guts to start moving towards your dream. You've got to have the guts to move towards restoration in that relationship. You've got to have the guts to move towards restoration in, that fine, in your finances, in that part of your physical body. Continual restoration is ours. I want, I want that just to roll around in your mind and in your heart and coming out of your mouth. Continual restoration is mine. Remember what Isaiah 61 says. It says you've got to come to a point that you make the exchange. Instead of mourning, instead of being depressed, instead of being down and out, that you're going to take the oil of joy for gladness. Instead of that heavy, burdened, oppressive, failing spirit, maybe you felt like you failed in every area of your life. He says, if you'll put on the garment of praise, it's the spirit of victory. It's the spirit of Jesus. It's the spirit of faith. Thank you, Father, that you're in me. You're with me. You're for me. Father, I begin to praise you before I ever see anything happening. That continual restoration is mine. That you're continually restoring my inside, my stomach. There's somebody watching right now that God is restoring what Whatever's going on on the inside of your stomach, there's restoration taking place. As you begin to praise Him, before you see anything, before you see the finances restored, before you see the doctor's report, uh, doctor's report being changed, you begin to praise Him and thank Him and worship. In Luke 17, you have the story of lepers again. There was 10 of them. And they're standing out and they call out to Jesus. And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. And it says, all 10 of them went, but then there was one that came back to Jesus because he saw that he was healed and he began to worship and he began to praise and he began to thank him over and over and over. And Jesus says, uh, where are the other nine? Why are you the only guy that's doing this? But the one got completely restored. The one. He was willing to get out of the crowd. He was willing to praise and worship like nobody else praised and worship. He was, he was willing to be different. He was willing to realize that it was only the mercy of God. It was only the goodness of God. It was only the, the presence of God. And he just began to thank him over and over and over. See, that's what faith does. Faith is joyful before you ever see anything. Faith praises before you see anything. Faith is thankful before you see anything change. And God is saying, I want you to walk and continual restoration. It is my gift for you. It is my will for you. It is my desire for you. So what should we do? Thank Him over and over. Praise Him like we believe His Word. Worship like we believe His Word, that He will do what He said. And He's saying continual restoration is yours. Remember, begin to move in the direction that God has called and created you to go. As you use your gifts as you surrender to God, as you come into the presence of God, restoration will begin to take place. I want, I want to pray with you. I want to pray over your, your family, your business, your resources. I want to pray if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. I want us to pray this very simple prayer together. And I want us to do it out loud. And no matter where you're sitting or standing or however you're watching this, according to God's Word, when we pray this prayer you come out of the kingdom of darkness and you come into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. When you 
believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you declare with your mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord, it says at that time you receive eternal life. So I want to start with that. Would you just pray this prayer with me right where you're at? Just say this with me out loud. Father God, today is the day that I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Now, according to God's word, I'm forgiven, I'm cleansed, and I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Now, Father, I also pray for the people that are in physical situations, that they need healing in their physical body, that continual restoration begins to take place right now. Father, I pray over their businesses and over marriages that, Father, continual restoration would begin to take place, that the, your love in us and on us would just overwhelm us. Continual restoration in finances, continual restoration in vision and purpose and destiny. Father, your word tells us that your will is continual restoration. So we receive it, we take it, we believe it in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, I want to encourage you, if you said that prayer for the very first time, making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you'd just like us to pray with you, pray for you, if you'd like to receive the magazine, I want you to go to the website, TreyJohnsonMinistries.com, or call the number that's on the screen and let us pray with you. Let us believe God with you for continual restoration. While you're there, I want you to, to pray. Pray about becoming a partner with this ministry. Pray about connecting with Heather and I as we go around the world preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, I want to encourage you to, to look around at all the different things that we offer. We want to add value to your life. We want to encourage you. We want to believe God with you. Remember, the best is yet to come. This is Trey Johnson. Until next time, we'll see you soon.